Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you a demon tired of the same old rat race of being tortured in hell? Well, nothing is more refreshing than a mortal body. That's right. You can go back. With our exclusive network of satanic cults, secluded cabins, haunted artifacts, and dumb teenagers, we'll give you access to what you crave. Human bodies. And when you ca- and when you cast back on the mortal coil, don't forget to really fuck shit up. I mean, really get in there and do some damage to that body and the bodies of others. Because you know what? Fuck those mortals. everyone to horror movie talk plus that's right folks we've now transcended the boundaries of horror and sometimes cover other genres uh we've got a great show today we'll be reviewing talk to me so actually a horror movie uh make sure you rate review and subscribe on itunes full video available on youtube don't be a square be sure to share also check out patreon.com slash horror movie talk the equivalent of the adult section at your video rental store if you want to add your pee to the community pool, go to horrormovietalk.com or call five. five. <laughs> what a, call what five. a wrong number. <laughs> what an idiot. idiot. Call 682-253-4468 and leave us a voicemail. As always, we have Fart Simpson crammed into the production booth. I'm Bryce. Cross for me sits Island Boy David Day and returning once again is Jordan Wilson, which I don't I don't have a nickname for yet. Um, it'll come to you. Uh, meet meet me in St. Louis, Jordan. Okay. I don't know. Oh, oof! Wow. We'll work on really it. botching it. <laughs> Bot- botched your. We botched this one. Uh, we'll work. Hey, by the way, by the way, uh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming back, Jordan. This is this is a big deal for us. Yeah, it's so rare I mean... that people enjoy it enough to to say yes again. <laughs> well, to to be fair, you weren't here, so. Um... <laughs> 
we'll get, we'll give it a, we'll give her a chance with David and see how that how that works. True. Oh yeah, I could botch it, botch it, botch that one. Um, by the way, uh, thank you to new patron. We got to thank you, Heather D. Thanks for joining, hopping on board, getting part of all that digital goodness that we we enjoy so much over here on our Patreon. Yeah, thank you so much. And Melissa, or sorry, Marissa, also joined in August. Oh, oh it is so new it didn't even show up. Um. Okay, so we start every uh, show giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later on, we'll have you talk to me with Horror Movie Horrors, where we check our voicemail. Mm. Okay. <laughs> you were so excited that it was going to be a new bit, David, and then, then I... Oh no, I I really like the horse segment because uh because I really I at this point it's become I I like the concept of bashing people who call the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, idiot, hey, shorten it up there, guy. Um okay, so talk to me can be found in theaters maybe by the time this releases i don't know it's been out for about a month so it's probably short for the world um talk to me is about a young group of friends who get wrapped into the latest social media trend demonic possession Mm. uh an acquaintance came into possession of a creepy ceramic hand and if they shake hands with it and say some magic words they can see the dead and even experience being possessed for a minute and a half as you would expect it's a great time that is, until Mia, played by Sophia Wilde, gets in contact with her dead mom and can't seem to shake the visions of the dead, even when not using the hand. In the end, we learn two things. Number one is demons lie. And number two, Australians need... Australians? Australians need more parental supervision. Just overall. Um, not, they all have parents and nary a parent is seen, except for like 1% of the movie. Oh, you know what? This is a good time. I'm going to interrupt you between your synopsis and your review. Um, you know, it, does, it seems like it hasn't been like we said it once and we just expected everyone to understand or listen to that episode. But it seems like sometimes there is some confusion among the, the audience. When we made the switch to Horror Movie Talk Plus, it was kind of spurred on by the fact that I just kind of couldn't handle horror movies anymore. They just kind of gave me the... Uh, the bad feels. And so I've stopped watching them. And so on these episodes where we cover particularly like heavy horror movies, like I, 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 I managed with the village and that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, but these heavy ones, I don't want to kind of brings up some PTSD baloney that I think I have identified correctly now. And so, so that's p- kind of big part of the reason that the that the plus we've added the the plus there so I can so just FYI because we've gotten some some questions about that uh that's that's why that's happening and I hope that uh hope that's okay with everybody but I I really like you know st- I kind of still like hearing about them so yeah there you go Yeah well I'll tell you that this much this one will be fucking rough for you <laughs> it's uh <laughs> It does not pull any punches at all. Um, and it's set it's in Australia. Set in Australia. So, you know, they're used to scary things. Um, yeah, this, this is a really great movie. It is a rehashing of familiar demon possession tropes, but it has its own unique vibe, as the kids would say. 
Um, what hits hardest is the intense scenes of violence. Uh, I was definitely squirming in my seat. I was hugging myself in one scene and like turning to the side to avoid the scene. Um, and it holds on to those moments a little longer than most. Um, it's like a more sadistic evil dead movie, especially the like most recent, uh, evil dead rise. It's, it goes, it feels like it goes a little harder even just because there's more contrast between the like sadistic violence and just everyday life. Whereas, and the Evil Dead rises, rise, Evil Dead rise, or is it rises? Rise. Um, and rise, it, it just, it flips the switch and goes to full on, you know, everyone's in danger for the last two, like three fourths of the movie. Mm. Um, and this one feels like there's a chance of hope. Um, uh, there's a chance. Um, there is a, a juxtaposition between empathy and apathy throughout the movie that really is interesting. Um, we have some fleshed out characters that love and care for each other. Uh, however, it's contrasted with the team teen group dynamic around these seances that are full of apathy in search of novelty. It's the dynamic you see in internet videos where someone gets really, really hurt and you just see people popping out their cameras instead of helping <laughs> world star <laughs> you know it's very it's got a lot of world star vibes in the uh, seance scenes um i would have liked a little more fleshing out of the father-daughter relationship that's su that's kind of suggested that it's the core of the movie and they just don't really have many scenes together um i think if they added a little more to that it would have um added some more impact to the tragedy um that's laid out at the end of the movie um there's a lot unsaid like the good thing about it is they they trust the audience um a lot of it goes unsaid there's not a lot of hand holding it's which i don't think is a bad thing but i think there should have been at least another scene or two showing the dynamic between me and her father and and explain a little more about why she's wanting to avoid being around him um um, and there, the other interesting thing is there's strong undertones of drug culture. The destructive yet addicting effects of the hand have parallels to, uh, casual hard drug use turning into something that ruins your life. Um, the ending is, um, I, I think it, it, it has all the signatures of a, like a classic, horror movie ending like ones that stick with you really well because it's perfect for the tone of the movie it sticks with you as being dreadful but still has a very strong resolution um i i honestly couldn't find much fault with this movie um for some reason like it's one of those movies where it does everything right and and yet like i'm not i'm still not blown away by it i think it does rely a little bit on you know some i mean the premise is very familiar um it adds a little bit but not not it doesn't blow me away um and a couple things needed to be fleshed out a little more but still a great movie i give it a score of a nine out of ten what did you think jordan that's a high score um Ooh. i i really enjoyed it I will say, I like how you brought up 
Like there's not a lot of handholding. I almost mm-hmm. wanted a little more handholding. Like I, I wanted the lore. I wanted, and there was kind of like some stories. Like I, I can't remember the character's name. Well, we won't get into spoiler chat. Um, where they're talking about like the origination of the hand, and there's like mm-hmm. some conflict right. there about where it comes from. And I just found myself really curious, like wanting the backstory. But I think there will be a backstory. I think they did. A, this is probably going to be a franchise. Like I could see multiple sequels here um yeah but i totally agree with you wanting more about the main character and her dad and understanding like that dynamic more probably would have made the ending a little stronger to me um Mm -hmm. but i loved the ending uh it's one i won't forget and uh Mm -hmm. yeah i'll probably give it an eight out of ten would have liked a little more backstory of the hand and the mm-hmm. power. I mean, there's definitely an unlocking at the end, uh, which made me even more curious. Yeah. No, it does set itself up for, for sequels very easily. Like, yeah, telling the backstory or, yeah, the origins of it. Um, but also, like, going forward, like, what happens to Mia, you know, if... Um, like the the after effects of that or you know how that carries on um i'm curious um okay so it sounds like uh like this is like a possession movie like Mm -hmm. would that be that be the 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 purview that this falls (laughs) under is possession yeah and so you know there's there's kind of like slow burn possession movies. I don't know if you consider the exorcist to be slow burn, but I, I kind of would. Um, and then there's, you know, there's evil dead, which is the, you know, throw everything at the wall and just see what sticks kind of like crazy, crazy possession. So does it fall on that, that extreme end of just like bonkers, well, it's interesting because it plays with both of them because it's a transactional possession. <laughs> so it's like when they get possessed, it's intentional and they're meaning to do it. That's so and fucking so, weird, dude. So it's it's full on in the moment. Um, but then there's also a slow burn of of Mia experiencing the after effects after she kind of breaks the rules that are set out there's it's kind of also like a uh, a gremlins type movie where they just state some rules oh. and say you know don't 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 get the hand wet after midnight or else <laughs> i don't know bad things and so like mom when, how would i get the hand wet after midnight honestly <laughs> when they when they break the rules you're like ah, 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 ah. he broke she she broke it and then so then there's like the long-term effects of that and that's a little bit of a slow burn so it's in, it is interesting that they kind of mix both and bryce you mentioned you like say, the, i was just gonna say bryce you mentioned the uh drug culture in the film and, and the peer pressure and like i almost think it's like they're doing a gateway drug with like the paranormal like mm-hmm. by using the hand so it's like it really couples that slow burn with like intense scenes of violence and uh yeah rage almost um really interesting i really enjoyed it 
Yeah, I mean, kind of the one of the tropes that you see in other possession movies or like paranormal movies is the Ouija board, the Luigi board, Wawek the Ouija board, um, and like in those ones, like it can go either way. Whereas, like, well, it's telling you outright, like this is definitely someone controlling the board, but usually they still try to slow roll it um, until it gains more until the spirit gains more power or something but yeah in this one it just goes full force for a minute and a half and then um they boot it out so it's it is uh an interesting concept and and wild that like (laughs) that they wrap it around like teens are just gonna fuck around with this of course they are like it's not like adults that are like discovered some ancient like uh artifact in a chinese antiquity store or something like that and then like came back uh oblivious to the power of it it's no no the kids saw it on tiktok and they're like i want to do that oh. i want to i want to be possessed that looks <laughs> awesome so it's a it's a interesting dynamic for the movie one more one more question for jordan here last episode uh you filled in for me like i wasn't even here and that was on the review of the boogeyman now how does this stack up against the boogeyman good question um i liked the boogeyman but i will caveat that i'm a huge stephen king fan so i think that kind of helped it out with my score uh, saw a lot of resemblances, actually, grief being kind of like uh, a main main theme of the movie, both of these, and it kind of excuses characters, I think, or I don't know, that's that's kind of a discussion point for us, maybe, like, sit, Mia, Midney's, Mia's going through this grief, she's doing things, stupid things, that makes it really hard to, like, um feel sorry for her and it's similar to what was it uh um oh you know the name of the character from the boogeyman exactly like she had lost her mom so they were going through something similar and um yeah i i think this i think there it is thank you i think these are both great movies for you know kids like that age 13 to you know, 17 people that are starting to go to those parties or can identify with that coming of age, like growing up. Uh, I think a lot of the same crowd would appreciate this movie. Gotcha. Does it feel like an A24 movie? Yeah. I mean, it's, it feels like the, you like, you know, bodies 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 where it's like mm. it's tapping into the youth culture you know the kids yeah. but i think it's a, um, a beautiful movie uh it was very well shot um there are several scenes that i was like the color's nice here <laughs> and there's that <laughs> that i thought the sound was really great i don't know about you bryce but there were a few times and i i didn't even watch it in dolby the second time but the first time i did and it was alarming um like well i don't want to get into spoilers (laughs) but it was just incredibly well done you can tell um there are some good eyes on this and i had also heard that 
the brothers that that made it, they had pitched it to several studios, and a lot of them wanted to change the ending, and A24 was the only one that let them keep it the way they wanted. So, thank you, A24. Yeah, that would have been... Any other ending would have been a cop-out, I think. Totally. Like, that... That that makes sense that they would have held out for that. Isn't um, it weird that studio execs are like their first inclination is to cop out? <laughs> it's like it's a little too real. Can we cop out, please? Like, <laughs> beep 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 beep. <laughs> Just like pressing that button, or like Ralph when when something bad goes wrong. <laughs> like, hey guys, uh, people don't like feeling bad, so like, don't make fe- people feel bad. Uh, like, can you imagine w- what the studio notes uh, um, would have come for Requiem for a Dream? You know? oh. like, why, why can't they all be nice? <laughs> what was Aronofsky's last movie? He, had, he just had a movie, didn't he? Oh, it was yeah. The Whale. Gah. The Whale, yeah. Holy shit. Oh, that might have been, been the straw that broke my back. That was That was pretty rough. <laughs> Yeah, um, Aronofsky is is not. He became hit or miss, and then he's he's been pretty consistent for the recent last couple of movies. I don't know what's the miss. Like what <clears throat> what people? Which one people I, don't like? The the Tree of Life one. Um, oh, the cancer, the fountain. Yeah, the fountain was a miss for me. I I had high expectations for it though. Um, People say Noah was a miss, but I really liked it. Um, but yeah, it's just not. Yeah, whatever. Anyways. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, you know what's not a miss? Uh, skipping commercials. Mm. If you want to skip commercials, go sign up on our Patreon at a certain level. You don't have to listen to commercials anymore and you get advanced access to episodes as soon as they're edited. Uh, we thank our patrons for supporting the show. Uh, they can't hear this because it's going to cu- get cut out because they pay us. So uh, you get to sit here and listen to us. Thank them um, because 
you're cheap. Uh, also, go if you want to support the show, go to horrormovietalk.com slash shop, um, and you'll find our logo tees and some stickers. Um, check out our artist, uh, Dustin Goebel. He's a professional artist. You can find him on Instagram at dgoebel00. That's D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0. And uh, reach out to him for commissions. Uh, he'll probably say no because he's very busy, but if you uh, force him to take your money, he'll do some great work for you. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail and listen to your voice on a future episode of, of Horror Movie Talk Plus, uh, call 682-253-4468. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, we're going to be checking our voicemail later in the episode. So let's see what that's like. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Let's get on with the spoilers. So, um, yeah, uh, the, the movie starts out, uh, real strong, um, we're not shown like any context or anything and then are subjected to a brutal uh murder suicide uh via knife and all it gives us is there's the this brother coming in to help his brother that looks like he's um just wasted on drugs like and hallucinating or um you know having a psychotic episode and the brother that's in the episode is, is says something to the effect of mom said you were going to hurt people. And then he immediately, they, they go out in a group of uh, teens, young adults, and they're all like um, super amused at how wasted this kid is. And the brother is yelling at him. And like basically mid sentence gets stabbed in the chest by his brother, and then the <laughs> brother stabs himself in the head. Does he Wait, stab what? himself in the, the head? The eye. Yeah, the eye. Okay. I, I so, yeah. was guessing the, from the angle. I'm guessing eye. Yeah. So that's uh, that's how the movie starts out. Uh, pretty intense. Was this person high on something, or just drunk, or? He looked like he was having a psychotic episode. I mean, you're going into a movie that if you've seen the trailer, you're like, oh, he's possessed. So, yeah. But if you're coming in blind, um, it just looks like a very, very disturbed person. He says, um, brother breaks down the door to get into his other bro his brother at this party. And he says, uh, can you see them? They're in here. And that's when he's like dragging the, you know. He looks like he's stoned or just really tripping, dragging him out. And all the kids, like, phones up. Like, they see the viral moment. Like, a lot of commotion. And suddenly, yeah, 
stab, stab, two minutes. Yeah. Brutal death. So it really sets the tone for the movie because you have the um, social media uh, whoring apathy. God, I of, hate that. Of all the, all the kids with their phones up. And you have the brother yelling at him for like, why aren't you helping my brother? Like, put your phones down. You're terrible people. And then tragedy, which is basically the formula for the rest of the movie. Um, we're introduced to Mia and kind of the people around her. So they're the, the main characters are Mia. Uh, she's right behind me right here. Hey, Mia. Um, and, and the hand, which is behind me right here. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, wow, I didn't write... So you go on IMDb and you see all these names. No, and listen. You don't actually know. I've got my notes. Know who these people are? Okay, Jordan, why don't you run us through who all the characters are? Okay, we've got Mia. We've got Riley, who is Mia's best friend, Jade's little brother. So right. those are the main, the main three we see right away. Little love right. triangle uh, between right. R- Mia, Jade. And Daniel, who is dating Jade, but he was Mia's boyfriend three years ago. So that's important mm-hmm. for later. Um, right. Yeah. I'd say those are the main ones, right? And they, yeah, that's right. And, like, kind of the interesting dynamic is Daniel is super conservative Christian, apparently. It's it's kind of questionable whether, like, it's because he's conservative Christian or if he's just really not into Jade. But they haven't even kissed yet and so like (laughs) like when her mom is super concerned about him coming over she's like i wish you know um jade's mother is sue played by miranda otto um which you might recognize from the lord of the rings movie she was what's her name uh eowyn you know the same woman's name for everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> in Lord of the Rings. Um, she's the one that, that kills uh, the voice of Saruman. Is that what it is? It's very confusing. She doesn't um, kill Saruman. Yeah, no, I am no man. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, she kills the, she kills no, the, that's the Lich King. The Lich King. That's yeah. right. The Witch King? Um, Lich King? The Witch King? The Lich King. Um, the Witch Lich King. Um, I, I, and then like tangentially Mia has her father, Max, which we see for like half of two scenes early on the movie and then not at all until the, towards the end of the movie. Um, so yeah, those are the main characters and the dynamics. So like this whole group where it's like Mia, she's kind of latched on to Jade's family and really, um, uses them as like a, a framework for her mental health um and it goes unsaid why like she can't be around her father like why that is awkward um but we have like this really empathetic group and then it basically shows uh mia is like a like the characterization mia is a little more um uh willing to take risks and and have you know more fun around drugs and stuff uh jade is relatively innocent and um you know kind of kind of passive 
And then Riley is like a young kid that's on the cusp of getting involved in, you know, kind of older teen stuff. So like his friends is selling cigarettes and, but he doesn't want to smoke and like it's, he's, he's, uh, going from pre-teenhood to teenhood basically. And, and it's that situation where you want to be with the big kids a little more and like participate in what they're doing before you're ready or even the teens are like yeah you're probably too young for this and so that's the dynamic there and then there's like a couple other uh people that are the basic basically the owners of this hand there's Haley, uh played by zoe Tarakis, um and they basically got this hand from someone else or wait, was Zoe was uh Haley the owner of it or was it the other was it the other guy? I think it was Haley. She um or they had the hand and then the other guy had the house that they were having the parties at. Right. So it was like this joint uh venture. A yeah. joint hand venture. Yes. Yeah. Quick 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 Yeah, so so there was yeah. It was a joint venture and like basically they've been exploiting this hand by, you know, getting invited to parties around it and like supplying it. I don't know if did they sell it at all? Like did they did me and them have to pay for them to come over or was it literally just we'll throw a party and you'll be the most popular one there by bringing this hand? Yeah, I don't think there was any monetization, but I did pick up one. uh Mia does it, Haley, obviously they're recording, and Haley says, that was the best one yet. Like, so I think that was what they were mm -hmm. getting out of it. They were getting this viral content. Um, right. Quick question. We're all owners of, of small children here, right? You uh, uh -huh. you have have kids, right, Jordan? Yep. How, how old? Eight and twelve. Eight and twelve. Uh, okay, so this question applies a little bit more uh, to you than than to me, and kind of to Bryce a little bit. Phones. When do they get them? How do we do this? What's this all about? You know, like Bryce, have you gotten your have you gotten Penny a phone yet? Will you, no. Jordan? Have you gotten your kids' phones yet? Will you? Well, one. My oldest has a phone. Um, basically. We got it for her because everyone in her grade had one. She was having, I don't want to go too deep into it, but she was having a hard time connecting with people. Um, you know, mm. a lot of these kids are connecting. Uh, actually, we kind of curbed the usage. Like, I've got some really strict, I used to use an app to monitor only the things that I needed to see. Like, there were certain alerts. Don't trust that. Those do not work. Uh, <laughs> so now we have, like, uh, the screen time set up to only allow, you know, and I'm really conflicted about it because I seen the studies like with Instagram, especially with teen girls and, uh, social media, but we're really only on Instagram one hour per day. Um, that lets her see her little K-pop groups. She's a K-pop stan. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's hard. Um, I, you don't want them to be, not have that connection to their peers, if all their peers are having phones and conversations, mm. 
but then also they don't really have the tools to navigate the digital world unless, you know, you're sending them to therapy and having these conversations. Um, yeah. I think the That's most tough. important thing is like teaching them how to set boundaries and knowing what, what a good friend, what being a good friend is and what being a good friend isn't. Um, Man, that's a horror movie right there, dude. It's the whole thing just creeps me out. I'm like, how are you guys going to do it, Bryce? Um, I mean, we are so scared of the, the cell phone age. Um, I mean, because we're, we're horrible at it. Both me and Aaron are on TikTok way too much, you know. Mm. And so, like, we're not good examples to our kids so once they get a phone it's it's uh, all gonna be downhill but yeah i think we'll probably wait until penny is like begging for it and saying like everyone has one and i can't do all these things without it um hold off i mean i'm tempted to give her yeah i'm tempted to give her a flip phone be like hey look it texts use the nine key it's great um but I don't know. It's weird. I mean, my kids are on the computer all the time. Uh, so, like, that's where we're at. And we're teaching them, you know, digital safety and, and responsibility there and, and checking in and finding when they're kind of weaseling out of some of the rules and putting them in check. Um, but, yeah, I think I think the phone, that's like such a that's such a big leap. And what's what's disturbing is the schools use them now. Like that's what blows my mind is like what? in high school they don't take away their phones. They let them have their which is like what? Wild to me. They so here's Will from Alpha. Go nuts. Like like yeah, I mean we couldn't even have uh worm worm on our TI-86s, you know. Yeah. And these kids have an iPhone. It's it's wild to me. Here's chat like, GPT. Have fun. I think like, some teachers like have have a policy where you leave them at the front of the class, you know. But like these kids have the phones, but like not just that. But I think the teachers use them in class a lot. They say, "Look up on your phones this, you know, or you know, do this with your phones." The surveys, and so like on one hand, it's more, in- yeah. Yeah, at one on one hand it's interactive and it's like engaging. On the other hand, it's like you know you're shooting yourself in the foot allowing them to have like the ultimate novelty to do anything else all day. Not just that, but I mean, really as a teacher, you should be fucking extremely worried because Wolfram Alpha has taught me more about math than any person. Uh right. like just by taking a picture of an equation, it'll be like, well, here's how you do it, and here's why, and here's how it works. And it's like, whoa, 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 that's way better than Mr. Norton, okay? Way better. Right. <laughs> or or chat GPT, and you just, like, write every essay for you. Yeah. It's like, like, I don't know what teachers are going to do. They're going to be like, um, unless you have, like, a strong voice, I'm not going to know whether you wrote this or not. So really develop a persona in your writing. Or else you're going to get 50% marks on anything you turn in. Um, okay, well, we've all identified the real thing to be scared of in this movie. Right. Phones. 
Golly Moses. Ah, this has got me. This guy. This but I mean, that that is the scary thing about phones to me is like the apathy and the disengagement with reality or the physical yeah world you can just be like oh that's not a person that's just a that's just an avatar now there's know? a lens in front of my face i can't i'm not really here anymore <laughs> yeah. yeah even if you're standing right in front of them you can just look at your phone and be like oh, that's just Brittany. i know her from social media you know and i kind of think like going back to the film maybe that's why it makes them so comfortable like doing this because they're recording it like, there's a screen in front of them. It feels less real. Like, they're doing it for the, the novelty of it versus fucking with some paranormal yeah. stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Getting a good reel going. Yeah. Yeah. The the dis um, the disengagement or the, I don't know what the word for it is. I mean, apathy of consuming life over a phone through the screen of a phone is like really interesting because their reaction to all this is not even like amazement or like um fear or wonder it's like oh i saw this on social media like it's it instantly like loses um any kind of um wonder because it's, it's that like base level engagement with novelty right yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, it's like, oh, I know this. Oh man, maybe now I get to do this thing with this thing. Um Yeah, I mean if you if you just lived your life in the 90s and you saw someone jump on a trampoline and their knees bent the wrong way and then oh. they got in a tragic accident, you'd be like, well, that is the most impactful thing I've seen for my entire life and for the remainder of it. And now I'm like, oh, there's a subreddit for that. I, I look at those is, all day. Bryce just watches <laughs> industrial lathe accident after industrial lathe accident over and over and over and over again. It's and he, true. And that same trampoline bit just can't get him off. Like it, <laughs> Yeah, it's true. So it's like you see someone possessed by a demonic entity. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, I went on a R shake the hand and uh, I love this shit. Like. And so they come into it in real life and they have no respect for it at all. And it's just, it's just, it's the same thing. Like it's, it's around drug culture. It's like <laughs> you can have all the horror stories of like heroin and all the lives it's, it's ruined. But when you're kids and you're like, oh yeah, Johnny got fucked up last week. And it was, I saw it on, I saw it on uh, TikTok. Like, but he's fine now. I can take it. Hey, Jordan, what's the deal with the name? Why is it called Talk To Me? Um, so the rules of the hand. Uh, Haley brings it out at the party. The person who is going to be possessed or, or play the little game, they get belted up to a chair and they put their hand on the hand and they say, talk to me. And at that moment, they see you know, a ghost or a demon, or they see it and it is jarring. Like, I wouldn't say it's, like, super gory. It's just kind of gross. Most of the spirits that you see are just a little off-putting. Um, and the the camera work is good, too. Like, flash to the what you're looking yeah. at, and it's, it's quick, and it's like, oh, shit. Um, and then the next thing that they say is, I let you in. And the character or the, the person who's doing it 
their head falls back, uh, their eyes, like their pupils dilate, and yeah, they're possessed and they have 90 seconds to do it. Oh, I forgot the ritual part, Bryce, where they, they light the candle. Um, right. So before they grab the hand, they light the candle. That lets the spirit, opens the portal, It, it opens the door. Right. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing with seances. I think that's kind of what they've said about seances. You light the candle to open the door and you blow it out to close it. Yes. It's just a safety measure. You know, yeah. Added, added layer of safety, apparently. Right. So like, when they're... Ghosts don't is, like the dark. When they're back... It's an OSHA-approved hand. There we go. They're back and they're tripping. And then they kind of come to, and it's like the spirit is in them. Like, there's one point where Mia is, like, singing in French uh, because whatever is possessor is, you know, singing in French. And it's like, um, yeah, they get different things. Like, that's a lighthearted one, but there are some that are, like, not so great. Telling telling Riley, right. the kid, that he likes you, he's going to split you in two or something like that, or he's going to split you. <laughs> right. Um, so they don't what know do what they, they mean by that. I was wondering. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of ways you can take it. it could, you know, it could be good, could be bad. You know, it depends. Did the ghost also um, say that? There's a lot of ways you can take. It. Um, but they have um, ninety seconds. Um, they let go of the hand. Usually, they have to pry it out of the person's hand, and they blow out the candle. They go over ninety seconds. They want. They want to stay. Yeah, the the insinuation is if you go over ninety seconds, like the spirits of possessing you want to stay, and they might stay. Mm. You know, um, you might you lose your chance to expel them. And then the second rule, which is a really good rule, is don't die mm. while you're possessed, because then really that's the first rule in life. <laughs> True. So but now it's the definitely second it's worse if you die when you're possessed because. Then you can't come back. They keep not like when you normally die. Oh, they keep you. That's what it is. Okay, one one more question about how this whole thing works. You grab the hand. You say, "Talk to me." Now, is this okay? You know, there's like two different kinds of VR experiences, right? There's fully in the headset, right? Which is you're just it's it's the kind you see when you see people like leaping into their screen, you know, or like jumping uh-huh. into somebody. It's cuz they can't see what's going on around them. And then uh-huh. there's that like augmented reality VR where you can see the room around you. Are we talking like augmented reality or are we talking like full VR? Well, the first level where they just say talk to me is they become Haley Joel Osment in Sixth Sense. Like they can <laughs> see they can see dead people. Augmented reality. Augmented reality. Um, and which is, you know, now that I'm thinking of it, they have zero interest in that level, just seeing dead people or seeing (laughs) ghosts around them. Yeah. That's enough for me. Yeah. David sees that and he's like, okay, all right. Like you could talk to them, you know, and just see them. Like they have zero interest in talking to the dead people. They have a hundred percent interest on being possessed. And fucked up by a demon, you know. Kids. Um, and that's level two. Level two is, you know, full immersion. You lose yourself in the possession. And I, from from what I can understand, they can still understand what they've done or what they said. Like, it's kind of like, um, 
a get out where they're they're in the sunken place yeah. like they can see what's going on because when they come to they're like delete that fucking video i don't want those things that i said out there um so yeah i mean th- we see the the first one with with mia and them and there's kind of an allusion to the demons really taking a shine to um what's his name riley um because he's a young kid and you know demons love the young they're you know it's not a good look for demons i gotta say a lot of jared fogles in the in the afterlife waiting to (laughs) use this this hand um and so it's like really menacing and then i think it is in the first like instance where uh mia is doing it and they let it go over 90 seconds like they can't pry the hand out of her fast enough so it's like this little like um yeah they broke the rule should on the we first... be worried yeah they broke the rule on the first yeah. time our main character did it and i was like well <laughs> there we <Yeah>. go <laughs> kids are dumb and irresponsible that's the, the lesson is like yeah don't let teenagers be responsible for something with ultimate paranormal power because uh, they're gonna fuck it up um yeah, and they they even state they went a little bit over, um, and and then throughout the movie, like Mia is slowly like realizing that she can still see things. She sees like reflection of reflections of her mom, and a little bit more gets unfolded around her mom, where um, the story goes, her mom accidentally overdosed on anxiety medicine was that what it was sleeping pills sleeping pills she accidentally overdosed on sleeping pills um which you know (laughs) on the surface is like i don't think you can really accidentally do that and so there's there's this question of like did she accidentally do it or was it a suicide and that's kind of the question hanging over mia and her dad's relationship because her dad told her that, that it was an accident um and so Mia has this strong yearning to like understand why her mom died um and the demons that are hanging on to their hold of her are utilizing this. And this is one of those um tropes that goes unsaid but like I really appreciate um cuz almost every possession movie mentions the scripture in the bible about possession so like so there's a there's a big story in the bible of legion which is this this um demon or horde of demons that possess this body a legion of demons if you will yeah a legion of demons and i can't remember it's the apostles or jesus i think it's jesus comes to them and and you know he comes to cast out the demons and they say, we are legion. And then when they're cast out, they're cast into a, like a herd of pigs. I don't know what the yeah. group of pigs would be called. Uh, a snort of pigs. Yeah, and, that's a good one. I like that. And a, they immediately. A stink of pigs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and they immediately jump off a cliff and right. kill themselves. Yeah. And so, like, anyone that grew up in, like, a conservative Christian um, household, like, associates 
possession with that story in particular that like it's not just a demon you have to worry about it's like a group of them that really want to you know fuck shit up and and they're not even interested in staying they're they're interested in dying you know and killing themselves whatever with you know whatever body they have and so there's it's it's never like quoted or mentioned but that is definitely an influence on this story because that's the best kind of lore is half mentioned just that just the tip just a little bit of what you what you're kind of like what did they say did they say what was it yeah that's that's the good stuff yeah and and they're you know demons are dishonest we find out because like you know they're preying on mia and telling her like what she wants to know but at the same time you realize like that's not really her mom or they're not telling her the truth because the mom is you know that she's seen in visions is saying oh yeah it was a total accident and then her dad eventually reveals that it was a suicide because he pulls out a note her suicide note where the mother apologizes and he's never shown that to mia and then the demons are like no don't listen to him uh it's look at me look at me i'm your mom and and goes on and she you know tragically believes the demons um and they have a hold on her the the bulk of the movie though is or like the the turning point of the movie is the second session where riley um asks to partake and his sister is like no absolutely not and then for some reason leaves the room um oh wait a lot of stuff happens in that second one i think the um riley's boyfriend goes under possession and the demons reveal that he's really not into her at all and might really like mia i think wait jade's Um, jade's boyfriend goes under and says yeah jade's boyfriend well the person that possesses him says he he doesn't like you basically and yeah uh there's like a scene where he's he's disgusted making out with the dog um what whoa that's right whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) yeah like his the the boyfriend like says basically the possessed boyfriend the demon says like he's he's disgusted by you but then like starts moaning very very sexually and like looking around at any possible outlet for mm-hmm. you know coming basically and the closest is this uh english bulldog and so he's making out with this english bulldog is that the one with the big high nose it's like adam sandler's bulldog it's the stout oh okay wow ew yeah <laughs> Yeah, and so he comes to... Can't even and, make out with a hot dog. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he comes to and is, like, petrified that it's going to get shared. And I think that um, is why... Uh, Jade. Not Riley. Jade leaves. But um, R- Riley, her brother, is interested in going uh, under. She says, absolutely not. And then Riley is, like, begging Mia to give him permission because apparently you know he sees her as an authoritative figure and 
She's like, ah, come on, just like 40 seconds. not going to be a big deal. And so they, so Riley does it uh, against the, you know, against the advice of his sister. And this is the turning point of the movie because immediately the demons are like, time to fuck this shit up. Like he immediately starts like um, banging his head on the table like super violently and like the most disturbing thing is he starts like grabbing at his eye to like pull his eye out and they're trying to pry his arms away and there's like i'm pretty sure there's like a squishing sound that sounds like he just popped his eyeball i'm like ah it was so disturbing i don't think he did like but the the after effects of this night like he basically almost kills himself and jade runs in right at the last second like before he's gonna have like this last bludgeoning on the corner of a table and like puts her hand out and he he threw his head down so hard that he breaks her fingers on that hand and so so like it's a snap back to reality oh there goes gravity because now for the rest of the movie uh riley's in the hospital just horrifically injured on his face and all kind of self-inflicted yeah all of them self-inflicted and like all the teens are like fuck uh this doesn't look good (laughs) but it's all videotaped or it's they have it all on video so they can show the cops like he did this all to himself like no one beat him up and they're like well can't charge you with anything but then also the parents and the cops don't seem to care that much about the demonic possession which is wild to me like i don't know why this wouldn't be a national news story or international news story imagine if your kid did that like you'd be like what the what the fuck happened oh and you grabbed the hand what made you think that was a good idea right and then I mean, there's be, not even there's not even a writing off of it for like mass hysteria or anything. They're just like parents are just mad, you know. I think what was they, that, Jordan? they thought it was drugs, so they thought it was drugs. They did the drug test. He came, it came back clean because they did the drug test, and this was what kind of broke me. I think seeing Riley like down bad, <laughs> and uh, she had latched on that. What did you just say? She she saw Riley like down bad, like down not bad. good. Like he oh. he he was struggling in the hospital. She went in there. Mom kind of freaked out and was oh. like, "What are you doing here?" And I guess because Jade sister had told mom that Sydney had experimented or Sydney shit. Mia had experimented with drugs uh, in her grief with her mom's passing. Oh. So mom was aware of that she thought, you know, Mia had brought drugs into the house. And so I think there was a lot of like questioning. They get the drug test back. Wasn't drugs. And I think they talked it up as like he had a break. He had a mental break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's wild. Like if you were to, if you were to see this, like if I were to see my kid do this, like, in reality, I don't think I'd think of actual demonic possession. I'd be like, it's a mass hysteria, hysteria event kind of thing. Like, totally. They're caught up in the moment and then having a psychological break, which can happen, you know? Hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I mean it's it's pretty wild. So like that's that's the stakes, and then so now they're trying to, because I don't think they, yeah, that's the thing with with uh, Riley is they break the rules there too because no one blew out the candle at the end, and I think he was in there for longer than ninety seconds. Like Man. it was it was a huge clusterfuck, and so they're so it's kind of you're shown that he's still possessed, like very much possessed way more than Mia. Um, once he comes to in any fashion, he's still trying to kill himself like, and violently. And so, um, they're trying to save Riley or, you know, expel the demons. And, um, I think the, the Haley, the guy that owns the, or the, the person that owns the, um, hand is like, well, eventually they lose power. Like he's he's young, he's strong. It'll eventually fade off um, uh, without any intervention. And Mia is being told by the demons, like, "Oh no, you got to save your friend." You know, you got. <laughs> and oh, so dude, I'm noticing as as you're telling this whole thing, I'm realizing that this is how phones work. Like this is this whole thing. Is how is how fucking social media works in your head when you have a phone, and you're just like, you're like looking at all the shit, and you're like, oh, and then and then like people are having a good time over here, and you're like, what the fuck is that? Why wasn't I? Didn't I get to go to that thing? Why they didn't think to tell me? And it's and then and then you put it down, and then your head's just working on that. You know, it's just like, oh no, you know what? You know what? I bet what happened is, and then. And then this happened, and then that, blah, 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 blah. And then, and then you're just all amped up, or, you know, or at least I am. Uh, you know, I'm just like, what the fuck was that? You know? <laughs> and then, and, and so you kind of get possessed by this, like, this fucking thing that's like, oh, this fucking shit. Uh, uh, they didn't think to tell me, like, oh, I'm not going to have a good time. Like, I thought we were friends. And then by the time you get to the person, you're like, what the fuck? And they're like, what? Huh? What? what? You know, and they're dealing with their own shit. You know, everybody's got their own little demon that's talking to them about all this bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So so Mia's being influenced by, like, the demons, and she, like, feels that they need to close the door. And there's another scene that is pretty intense, which is <clears throat> Mia... Remind me how this goes, Jordan. Um, got my notes. <laughs> they, they get the hand... And she's trying to get uh, the demon to talk to Riley, which is who's unconscious in the bed. So she's like propping up his hand and she's saying, like, talk to him. Yeah. And that's just not working. It's not doing anything like they do a couple candle lights and blows out and nothing happens. And then she wanted to see if she could see Riley. Like, so she did it. Right. She said, talk to yeah, me. So she... Riley. Yeah, because she's yeah she's trying to talk to Riley, mm. and then there's another dead soul or whatever, a child. and then yeah, a, a little little girl, and uh, Mia saying, "Show me Riley." Like, can I see where? And she's like, "I can show you Riley," and then the ghost says, "I let you in," <laughs> which is like you don't see coming at all, and then so. Mia is sucked into, I guess, that ghost perspective, which puts you directly, basically, in hell. 
Um, and she sees like just a horde of demons, like ripping apart Riley and like just torturing and like flaying and, you know, whatever, whatever uh, you associate with hell, it's implied that that's happening to Riley right now. Mm-hmm. And then she gets taken out, um, comes back to reality. And so the stakes are, she's seen what's happening to Riley and she's even more wanting to get him out and everyone else is like just leave him alone just like this isn't worth playing with anymore like and so she's all in and also being basically brainwashed by these demons um it's i mean it's just really cool like the the mechanics of it and the rules um there's a lot to play with and yeah i mean i think they'd they'd be foolish not to do sequels to it totally i don't know how how it did at the box office i mean as soon as it came out i remember seeing uh mentions like i mean the moment it came out people were like there's going like there are there's already a deal on the table for like the for the um sequel to this like people people got on board with this very quickly yeah, so it's made um, worldwide $43 million, uh, supposedly. Um, and I doubt this was more than $10 million right. to make. I mean, that would be pretty pretty intense. It's, it's pretty, you know, it feels still very independent. Like $4.5 was the budget. Wow. Oh, really? So, yeah, I mean, it's it feels like a pretty small film. Like, the only real budget you need is makeup. I mean... And the makeup team—they didn't killed do it. any. They did good. Yeah, the makeup team killed it. Um, not only for like the demons, but also like the injury, you know, the, uh, effects. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's very successful. Okay, and let's uh, skip to the ending, which is awesome. Um, like very tragic. The ghosts are liars. They convince Mia like that everyone's basically out to get her and lying to her so um they're they eventually get like you're you're shown that riley is kind of recovering um and he's getting better uh slowly and mia is descending into you know even more control of the demons because she can't just let go of this world because they're they're giving her what she wants which is basically a line of communication to her mother uh, which probably actually isn't isn't true. It's probably not actually her mother at all. Okay. Um, and then she ends up stabbing her father. Um, and then I I pulled a clip of the very end. Uh, right here, I'll, I'll show it so David can see it. So, like, in the end, like, my, Mia takes out Riley out of the hospital, you know, as she's basically being controlled by these demons, and she's attempting to throw him into traffic. 
and um, as you do and it's a really good scene very well shot um and then in the end you you realize that um jade saves riley just in time and mia goes ass over tea kettle into the freeway and it's not clear if she got hit or not by the cars but then it cuts to basically her being in this darkened hallway or no she she's like going through the hospital and like the lights are turning off and like she can see the others but they can't like they're not reacting to her or responding to her and her dad's walking off and so like she sees her dad leaving the hospital like healed and she sees riley leaving the hospital healed and she's trying to talk and it's kind of unclear like i i was like oh shit she survived like and then i'm like oh actually uh, yeah and like the lights keep turning off until she's in complete darkness and then there's like a little light in the distance and she walks up to it and it's a candlelight and then she sees a hand reaching out to her and she grabs it and then they say talk to me and she <gasps> she she, she all of a sudden like a group a gaggle of teenagers like gawking at her appear and you're like oh shit she's on the other side now Whoa. she's one of the demons so it's a really tragic like just dreadful ending for mia but it's happy for everyone else like everyone else everyone else's story gets resolved you know riley is healed and he's fine and that family gets to live on but mia you know ruined her life so like it's it's just a really great cap and it's it's one of those uh feelings that you look for in a horror movie to be like yeah i don't want to feel good you know it's not like the conjuring we're like and then they're okay still everyone's okay i don't think that's how the conjuring ends is that how the conjuring ends (laughs) isn't it i can't remember kind of how did it how did it how did it leave how did this movie uh leave you feeling jordan i i felt good i don't know i was sad obviously that mia just didn't make it um but I think they were tying into kids getting addicted to drugs. Um, definitely a big theme here. Uh, can take you pretty quickly. Um, I loved the shot. Like, when she is in the dark and the candle lights. And it's like the outline of her silhouette. Just a beautiful shot. And at, at first I was like, oh, it's the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, I, I kind of pride myself on seeing where things are going. But I did not even fathom her being a part of the hand and that being the candle of someone inviting her to come talk to them. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised at the, at the way they did things. Uh, and again, just opens up to a world of possibilities for other movies, like actually being a franchise. Um, I want to know the ghost stories for sure. Some of them, not all of them, but like mm-hmm. that little kid, especially which were they playing a joke? Or was it like a Bloody Mary sort of situation where little girls at a sleepover did this freaking hand and, uh, you know, they're a part mm. of it now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's weird because it's very uncertain, too, because you don't know whether the ghosts are even 
actual ghosts if they're actually attached to someone i guess it's it's implied that they are since since mia is turned into one of them but like some of them i think the one that takes over mia in the first scene was like this bloated corpse which is obviously looked like someone that was found in a you know in a lake or something um you know i'm glad you brought that up bryce because uh i don't know if you noticed noticed this but when they were playing tricks um not all of the corpses like looked like they were underwater or had those water sounds Mm -hmm. um but when Mia was hearing or like seeing her mom, uh, you were hearing right. the water there was sounds. Water sloshing sounds. And yeah. the mom's like look sort of deteriorated over time and started to look like that initial vision that she saw, like the watery, water flogged, right. gross thing. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's a little uncertainty, you know, but there, you know, there's definitely. You know, some people that died and are the spirits, but there definitely seems to just be straight up malevolent, like demons that are taking advantage of the situation, too. So, Um, yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting movie. It's like there's a lot to talk about and a lot like folded into um, the movie. It's only an hour and 35 minutes. So um, it's it packs a lot in Um, definitely, you know is is another hit for a24 like i can't see anything really wrong with it um um so yeah i mean what final recommendations who do you think would like this movie jordan uh you brought up the conjuring honestly it reminded me of the conjuring a little bit like the mom the the tie to the mom the grief and just the the uh the lore and the the experience of it all um just reminded me of that a little bit i think this one's for the young the young kids like i i think back if i would have saw this when i was a teenager like it probably would have scared the shit out of me and uh made me less likely to fall victim to peer pressure at parties uh not that i did a lot but it would probably just make me think twice i know things aren't always that deep but this this kind of deep for on on that level, on the level of technology yeah. and and friends and what we allow ourselves to do in the presence of others. Yeah, I mean it's it's weird to say like this would be a really important film for preteens to see, while also having a scene where a kid is trying to squeeze his eyeball out and <laughs> ramming his head into the corner of a of a table violently. Like making it's a little more a, violent than I would want it. Making like, out with a dog. Making out with a dog. I think um, it was CG. We've all been, <laughs> we've all been there, you know, just desperate, young, horny. Yeah. Just been like, we've all hit rock bottom <laughs> when it comes to horniness, especially Jordan. Um, <laughs> so, Not awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd recommend people that like, I mean, any A twenty four fans like the the Get Out, you know. What about uh, fans of, of like <clears throat> paranormal activity? Um, it's not really a slow burn. That's the mm. only thing. Like, it's not like mm. it's it's weird because like I'd say like yeah, if you like The Exorcist, this is another possession movie that um just has that humanity layered into it as well. But the tone is so it's like The Exorcist plus Evil Dead. You know, The Exorcist uh, plus. 
Yeah, The Exorcist Plus. <laughs> um, so, like, I, w- I would definitely say, like, be prepared for some harder harder scenes. Oh, for like, sure. I'm pretty jaded, and I was, I was literally, like, this was me in the theater. It was like, <laughs> make it stop. Like, it was, it was intense for me. You know, um, the last time I had that feeling, and I think about it a lot, was Suspiria 2018. Yeah. Like, just being like, I don't want to be here at all. I hate this. Like, I just hate everything <laughs> right. about this. I will say so they're, pretty, God, they're that... pretty quick, though. Like, it's like yeah. over fast. It's not constant gore. Uh, and um, I don't know. That also, was, that was it's, a... the, it's, it's like the, the Goldilocks level of it because, like, it doesn't dwell on it long enough for you to get acclimated to it and be like, oh, this is makeup and stuff. But it's not mm. the the point where it's like you barely catch a glimpse of it and you're filling it all in in your head. It's like, no, they're definitely showing you plenty <laughs> of it. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 pretty intense, but it's it's a it's a great movie with a heart and like tragedy in the in the center of it, which is makes it compelling and like pushes it further than the premise was it PG? which is really simple was it pg-13 no it was r was it r it, it was r okay yeah. interesting um let's see okay so let's move on to our bit do i have david do you have the sound effect oh here it is uh, where we listen to our voicemail, it's called Horror Movie Whores. What's the name of this bit? What's this bit I just called? said it. Oh. Horror Movie Whores. We have a... I just didn't catch, like, the intro of it. Okay. We, Check back in, David. Oh. Um, so this bit is uh, horror movie whores, uh, for those of you that didn't hear it. Um, this is where we check our voicemail uh, for people that call 682-253-4468. I, you know, Jordan just chatted. She said, I can't believe you guys didn't use any soprano whores. We have an alternate version with sopranos, trust me. Okay, okay, just making sure. Uh, I don't <laughs> I should pull that up. It's been a while. Who was? Who was? Um, so this is from Sam from Indiana, Indianapolis. Hello, this is Sam from Indianapolis. <gasps> I'm listening to your episode on The Village, and uh, I just got to say, I, I watched this movie once, well, actually twice, but I watched this movie one time, and it made me so fucking angry <laughs> that I actually kind of went back uh, and kind of watched scene by scene, trying to find, uh, <laughs> similar to, like, how, how Bryce is trying to find any, like, nuance or, like, nod to what was going on, and there is none, but I was trying to find where it ever got interesting, and uh, I was unable to do that. I spent probably three or four hours combing over each scene, like, what what am I missing here that everybody likes so much about this stupid fucking movie? Uh, that's all I got. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Wow. Shots fired. Shots fired. Dude, <laughs> you either like M. Night's style and his, uh, and his beat, or you, or you just hate it. Where do you fall on that, Jordan? What do you feel about M. Night? 
I, I love M. Night. I liked the village. Yes, there is this, like, frustration at the end when you're like, oh, shit. I just wasted all that time being worried and scared and... I mean, I guess they're still a little scared, I mean, but... I like it. I mean... Yeah, like here's the th okay. Oh, 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 oh. I'm sorry. One of the most lauded horror movies of all time, The Birds. Uh huh. Oh, why did it happen? There's no fucking. It doesn't mention anywhere why or how. How? What? Are you gonna do that about the birds? Stupid. Get out of here, Sam from Indianapolis. He's near you, Jordan. I don't like that place. Yeah, I mean they they uh I mean they they bag on M Night for for uh rehashing, you know, the the surprise twist ending. Um and but they also want him to do the exact same thing that he did do in it again, Sixth though. Sense. You know what I think it is? Scatter hints around. Yeah. You know what I think it is? I think they're racist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pers Talk, say more. I don't have to. I just called him out on it. That's how it works. You just say it, and then they are, and then they have to defend themselves. Okay. Yeah. They're racing against uh, fake wood monsters. No, against M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong. Oh, okay. That makes mm -hmm. more sense then. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, did you guys watch Sermon? There's another thing. Oh. Why do they even need... What's that? I was going to I did not. If you watch Sermon I, I on one. Apple TV... Mm -mm. I think that's his, isn't is it? That, what is that? Uh, yeah, it's M. Night. Yeah, I've been suggested it. I think um, I suggested it to you, Bryce. <laughs> did you? Yeah, it's very good. Is it good? Uh, yeah, it's hmm. uh, not what you expect. Like, starts off um, a, a, a lady, like, wants to, her and her husband want to hire the, a nanny, and they have a baby. Um, but then you see the husband, like, slamming the baby around. It's a doll. And she's actually grieving. Like, so they hire this nanny to take care of this, like, coping grief baby. Uh, and... What? The baby comes alive. So that's all I'm going to say. Wow. That's wild. I it don't is, like this. It's sense. good. Uh, Rupert, <laughs> Rupert Grint is one of the main characters. Did you see the visit? The yes, or, or I the watched visitors. the visit a couple week a couple weeks ago. Oh, one of the best! I really oh, enjoy boy. it. It's unnerving. Oh yeah, oh dude, the most unnerving part about that is that's just old people. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's dude. There's so like oh my god, my cousin used to work, uh, you know, in a um, in a uh, geriatric. The, the geriatric level on the hospital. She's a nurse, and she was like, "Dude, at the sundowners is a thing." I was like, "What sundowners?" And she's like, "Oh, you know, when the light starts changing because the sun goes down, certain percentage of old people just fucking lose their mind <laughs> and are not the same person, and then come to in the morning, like terrifying. Like what, like what happened?" Uh, yeah, fucking horrifying shit. Oh, they just they, yeah. I think I, my thing with M Night is he's a great ideas guy. Mm -hmm. Like his ideas are solid. His writing, 
um, has fallen off. Like the dialogue is in his recent movies that I've seen is absolutely abysmal. How's the dialogue um, in your movies? Your recent movies, Bryce. <laughs> um, you'll never know. And he's, but he is a good director. Like the thing about him is why he keeps getting to make movies is that he brings in movies on time under budget. Like mm-hmm. he's a good workhorse director. So like, I wish he could supply ideas to a really good writer, have them write it, and then he could direct it, you know? But, like, it's the same thing with, like, George Lucas. It's like, oh, man, just let – it's always better if you don't (laughs) write it. Don't touch it. (laughs) Or direct it. Like, (laughs) um, so, uh, yeah. uh, Sam calls back to finish his thought. Mm. And another thing. Why do they even need to tell these people that have no idea about modern society that the year is 1897? That makes no sense. They've got nothing to compare it by. It could just be 1997 for all they know. Uh, I hate this movie. He hates it. True. Next. I'm back. It's the beast from the Northeast. Oh. It has certainly been a while. Uh, I don't have uh, a question or anything to say about any specific uh, episode. I just was curious when the last time you guys went to a drive-in movie theater was. And uh, if you guys even like those or if they're even around your area. I doubt that they're on the island, David, but uh, I could be wrong. Anyways, uh, hope to call in a little bit more often going forward. Uh, like I used to, and uh, I enjoy uh, Baby Space Billy, whatever he calls in. I uh, just listened to the episode where he did that, and uh, I am Team Baby Face Billy. Anyways, all right, until next time, see you later. Yeah, you, when was the last time you were at a, uh, you know, one of those drive-ins? I haven't been in a drive-in since I was probably 13, but I do know there's one that exists in Newburgh, like, that's still around. Um, And then every once in a while there's, like, events, like, especially during COVID, um, up at the fair they had, like, a drive-in thing, Um, probably in October. It's, it's like, a seasonal thing, the Cinema of Horrors drive-in. Remember when we almost got involved in that and then didn't care enough to pursue it? (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that was a weird thing. Yeah, it's it's a good question. I, there is actually the remnants of a drive-in uh, maybe 20 miles away from us on the mainland, uh, not one here on the island. But, uh, but, yeah, you definitely drive past it on your way out here. The last drive-in movie theater I went to was for Terminator 3, and it was the West Wind Solano Drive-In in Martinez, California. Um, wow. And it still exists in Martinez, um, which is, uh, or I guess in Concord, which is where a lot of my family hails from. So so there you go. That was the last time I went to a drive-in. I don't even know when Terminator 3 came out, but it was probably 2005 or something like that. Terminator 3. Let's see. What year? Uh, wow, 2003. Okay, so there you go. It was 20 years ago. I was just at graduating high school. 
How about you, Jordan? Any drive-in movie theater experiences? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I have to say Terminator 2 is my favorite movie of all time. So mm-hmm. good. Um, oh, stop it. <laughs> last drive-in movie I saw was The Dark Knight um, at a little drive-in in Cuba, Missouri. And I don't know that it's, I don't, I don't think it's still open, but I do remember just being very frustrated because I wanted to watch the movie and I went with a bunch of friends and I couldn't really hear, like the little audio boxes weren't really the best quality. Um, but yeah, I had to watch it again in an actual theater. Uh, I would like to have a drive-in. Actually, I'm kind of getting a little nervous. It seems like COVID rates are rising where I am and, uh. I, uh, I don't know. I think a, a drive-in done right is a decent idea. I like being away from people. Also, people... I, I, I think... got pissed last night at the theater. Uh, people do not know how to act in the theater. They're loud Mm-mm. and obnoxious mm-hmm. and just having full conversations. I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. No. Yeah, there's benefits to the drive-in theater, like, uh, and downsides. Downside is definitely the audio sucks, because either it's, like, the audio box that's, like, a mono speaker that sounds like it's being communicated through a tin can, or it's, like, over the air with your radio, which is also usually not that great. Um, But... You know, driving theater is the best place to like drop a digit or you know get a candy. You know, <laughs> you know, versus a theater. I mean, isn't that why driving theaters exist? Is like so you can like have your own little world where you you just say like, oh, people aren't around, we can just make out and and uh, fool around in a, a car. There's a weird rule where if you're in a car, you just believe you're miles away from other people. <laughs> I gotta say, you're though, literally nine feet away from another person, but like, you could yell at them like you're you're going to murder them. But if you like take away that window pane, all of a sudden you're like, well, we can make you know we can make this work. I gotta say though, I, I you know uh, when Jordan was mentioning that she saw the last time she was at driving was at a place called Cuba, Missouri. I started looking at Missouri in order to find Cuba, uh, which is another place. And I got to say, this is a real problem with Missouri that Missouri seems to have. Now that I'm looking at the map, there's lots of places that just are incredibly unoriginally named. For example, let's start with the biggest offender, Kansas City. Um, And then it goes, then there's Washington, there's Salem, there's California, Missouri, there's... Uh, there's Piedmont, which is a very big town in, uh, in California, Springfield, it's it's Salem. Like there's just a never ending atrocity, Centralia, Mexico, Mexico. (laughs) I live in Washington, Missouri. I live in Washington, the second place you named. Uh, but I grew up in Bell, Missouri, B-E-L-L-E. Beautiful. Oh, and I French. see it. And uh, I right went next to, to Bland. I went to junior high in Bland, Missouri. <laughs> oh shit, girl! That is, <laughs> that's pretty bland. So wait, there's a Bell and Belleville. I yeah, I guess so. Bell 
Belleville? Wow. Illinois. Is there a Belleville, Missouri? Oh, is there? Is that in Illinois? Okay. Bland, I assume, hasn't changed very much since... No. Um, <laughs> I don't know how long it's been since you went to high school there, but my... No, aunt... I went to junior high oh. there. Just junior high. Oh, my... Um, Sorry. Yeah, it hasn't changed a lot. Um, I mean, we do have boring Oregon, so I mean, you know, people in glass houses. <laughs> I don't live in that terrible state. Um. (laughs) Uh, All right, moving on. Let's hear from one of our favorites. Hey, it's Robert the Farter. So I just know that you guys are big music fans, Bryce and David. And I am too. I listen to a lot of 80s music. But uh, anyways, I was listening to Phil Collins' catalog, and I've heard it before, but going back... His first four albums are so good. So, I mean, you probably have heard them because, yeah, they've been out for a while. But if you haven't, you should listen to them. And I was also listening to Billy Ocean's catalog, which is also really good. Anyways, it's Robert DeFarter. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for the update, Robert. Um, yes, Phil Collins is good. Is he? Have you listened to those albums, Rice? I haven't. Well, his first album, I mean, In the Air Tonight is probably the most influential mo- uh, song of the 80s. Um, the most influential song of the 80s? The most? It could be. There, A case could be made for it. Okay. What do you think, Jordan? Have you have you listened to Phil Collins? I've listened to Phil catalog? Collins, but not recently. Uh but yeah, I but get why? it. <laughs> Phil Collins is a classic. Uh, I don't know. It's it's really fun being a parent and introducing your kids to cool music, especially like, God, I don't know if you have a lot of K-pop fans that listen to this, but the K-pop fans wow. are like very, uh, mm, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, passionate about it being the best music. Mm-hmm. So... I'm up against, I've got a, I've got a kind of generic pop high hill to climb. Yes. Um, but high hill to climb to like prove to my oldest that like, there's, there's good music out there. Uh, now listen to some talking heads, please. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all my music that I love is bummer music. So it's hard to convince people to be like, (laughs) <laughs> don't listen to make to things that make you feel good listen to radiohead <laughs> radiohead's great <laughs> i've been on a radiohead radio kick great. lately but it's it's uh definitely when you talk to people that don't listen to it they're like this is a bummer like this is just sounds like someone whining and complaining all the time and i'm like okay good point but <laughs> Those people Stick need to listen it. to Karma Police and realize what's going, what goes around is coming around to them. Because... Yeah, I know. You you just say yeah, but have you seen the unfortunate face of Thomas York? <laughs> that oh, it all snaps into yeah, no, yeah, um, no. I mean, I I had an '80s kick. I was trying to get into Prince. Um, still trying to figure out why Prince is the most important. Uh, you know, musical artists. And then 
getting a little glimpse of like that yeah. and some of the songs are great but the ones that are like popular i'm like yeah it's just like what it's i'm just not that into yeah, it. yeah it's um, a much more fun time to listen to michael jackson like right. you want the good fun version of prince listen to michael jackson <laughs> like right it's fucking incredible you'll love it agree yeah um Okay, uh, let's move on. Uh, another caller. Oh, this might be... We might have another Robert the Farter on our hands. This kid is young. Hey, Bryce. Hey, David. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm uh, 19. I'm from Las Vegas. Uh, I've been wanting to call you guys for a long time now. Uh, just never really had the time with work and everything going on. But um, after I listened to you guys' uh Okay, we're all busy. All right, I don't want to hear excuses for why you're not calling in. Don't like, berate him; it's his first time. You of um, the old way. I uh, um, took a deep listen into what David had to say about uh, um, him stopping the whole watching horror movie shit and all that, you know. And so uh, I had a question for him on uh, whether or not it's been helping him, or if it feels like. He's kind of the same way he was, or if he feels like he'll ever uh, be able to go back to watching horror movies or anything like that, because I feel like I'm uh, starting to feel the same kind of way as he is. Like, uh, like I'm a big horror movie fan. That's why I love watching you, listening to you guys' podcasts and all. But uh, um, lately, it's just been getting harder and harder for me to uh, to listen and watch these different movies and shit. Like, I just watched Hostel and almost couldn't handle that. I'm like, this is like pussy shit. Like, I've seen twice as worse, and I can't even handle a little bit of eyeball trauma. Like, what the fuck, man? And so, yeah, it's just getting too much for me. And I'm kind of scared because watching movies is, like, one of my favorite things, and I don't want to have to stop doing that because I want to feel better because sometimes the only time I feel better is when I'm watching the movies that I like. So, anyway, if you guys have any advice on that, um, uh, that'd be sweet. Uh, anyway, uh, I love you guys' podcast. Have a great one. I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, I don't think he said his name. But, uh, hey, hey, thanks for calling in. And, um, uh, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I, I just, uh, just wasn't, it just uh, wasn't helping my head. Um, you know, I, I had some, I have some tough times around kind of centering around the night and um and you know just kind of childhood stuff and so i kind of just identified that horror movies were especially like violent ones but um but also just just um uh you know the tension that builds uh, you know, you get done with the movie at 11 o'clock at night and then you're fucking strung up. You're like, you know, like ready to go. And yeah, it has helped a lot, uh, giving that up. I have, um, I have a little bit of a, an addictive personality, not a real addictive personality. Um, so, you know, uh, I have that in the back of my head all the time. And, uh, fortunately I also have a pretty strong willpower and, um, and so I, uh, I quit things sometimes, you know, and then, and then I just see how long it'll go. And it doesn't mean that it has to be forever. Some things I, I hope I've quit forever, like drinking, you know, like I, 
I just don't want to do that anymore just because I just feel like shit and I don't see the upside anymore, you know? Um, but, uh, but with this, I think sometimes I think I'll have moments where I'm like, Oh, that was a good movie. I, I really like to go back to that. And there's nothing saying I can't, you know, I can do that if I want to, but, uh, you know, where I was in, in, I was just worried about being a good parent to my kids. And, and I felt like horror movies was, was kind of standing in the way of that a little bit, if that makes any sense. So, you know, if, if you want to watch a movie, go ahead and watch it, but maybe just do it with the, um, with a little bit of a magnifying glass over how, how you feel throughout, how you feel after. And if you think it had a positive effect on you, um, and if, if it doesn't take that into account and, you know, change accordingly or don't, you know, like it's all a personal preference thing. Yeah. It's a very much you do you thing. I'll, I'll tell you though, like it's made me think about my relationship with, with horror movies or with a media of like, is this good for me? You know, cause like I, I take the position of like, you know, downer media or like, just like dark stuff. Like when I think of like, is this good or not? I just see like my mom in my head being like, it's not good. It's an evil influence and it's going to affect you. You're inviting in the spirit of the devil. And I'm like, well, that's not true. So <laughs> I can do what I want. Uh, but also like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm prone, <laughs> prone, uh, to depression is a understatement of the year. Um, like I've got mental health things, anxiety, depression that like it feels therapeutic, to watch stuff that's kind of matching in the tone of what's always going on in my head. But then also like, is it helping though? Yeah. <laughs> you know, is it actually going to improve it? That, um, that so was I, a big part of it was like, was seeing like, Oh, but I like this feeling of stroking the sadness, you know? And, yeah. and then I realized, Oh, well, of course you do. That's, that's the sadness inside you getting, <laughs> you know, giving you endorphins. It doesn't mean it's a good feeling. It just means you like it. And, you know, there's plenty of things that I like uh, that aren't good for me, <laughs> you know. So, I yeah, know. I mean, it's weird. It's like I have visions of myself, like, in the middle of a birthday party with balloons and a clown. And I just look miserable and disconnected to myself. And, like, I don't want to be here. And then I look in, like, sitting in a darkened movie theater with with a horrible trauma being inflicted in my eyes. I'm like, <laughs> great. And I'm like, well, what does that say about me? Like, should I be seeking out more happiness and joy in things that should be causing happiness and joy? Um, that's a good question. Uh, but you know, to each his own, uh, you do you is, is my best advice. Yeah, what do you think, Jordan? Uh, totally an advocate of, giving your feelings the attention that they deserve uh, and being mindful of how certain things are making you feel. Uh, this September will be two years that I haven't had alcohol. Um, and David, I, f I feel like I identify with what you said. Like, I have a very addictive personality. If I find something I like, I want, I want to do it a lot. Like, right now it's reading. I'm reading a shit mm -hmm. ton of books. Uh, <laughs> it's like 65 so far this year. And, uh, with oh, anything, you gotta quit that shit. I know, but, uh, 
with anything though it's just oh yeah it's kind of that personality trait of just like wanting a lot of whatever i'm enjoying at the moment um and with 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 scary movies i've watched them since i was a kid and i i think there's like a nostalgia piece of it um just thinking back of the times watching it with with my granny and sure like the content uh can be uh, a little abrupt at times or unnerving or just not very wholesome um but i think it's weighing out you know the adrenaline that rush that I get from watching these things and knowing that I can go into something else for me, it works. But with that being said, I get, I get one, not wanting to subject yourself to that, that those things like those mindsets, um, putting yourself in that state. Uh, and I also love the idea of testing it out and seeing what, what changes. So I like this voicemail. I, I think it's uh, for a 19-year-old to be wondering about this. Uh, feels like uh, a very mature thing to call out and wonder about. Um, so, good luck on that journey. But yeah, yeah, I, and and the and I'm sorry to interrupt. There's no, just no wrong answer here. You know, there's just what's right for you. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, uh, if I quit horror movies, it's like, well, who said you gotta quit? You know. No one said you got to quit. Um, but if, you know, I watched fucking, you know, I watched fucking almost five years of, of horror movies nonstop, you know, and it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just the reviews you hear on this. And I, it's not like I wasn't watching horror movies before that. Like, I, I loved horror movies my whole life. So I've watched a lot of them. And, uh, you know, I started seeing a connection somehow over thousands of movies. It was like wait a minute, <laughs> you know, something's happening here. And, I, you know, so at some point, yeah, you know, if you feel like giving it a shot of, of putting something maybe different on, you know, try the new Dungeons and Dragons movie out and see if it isn't fun in a different way. It'll be fun, but it'll be in a different kind of way. So I don't know. Also you know, got to uh, say, I just got to thank Zoloft as well. Like disclaimer, also very prone to anxiety and depression, uh, but my doctor's helping me with that, so maybe that's why I stay on the path that I'm on with horror films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next call. What we got here? Oh, you're muted, Brian. I'm muted. Uh, alternative, like, you could turn to action movies and then see, like, death and destruction and feel nothing, you know? And then, like... You can go down that path. I mean, it's so weird that, like, I like the fact that horror movies make you feel bad about the bad things that are happening versus, like, action movies where it's like, ha-ha, just, you just gloss over it that someone got murdered. I got to or... say, I, I tried watching a couple action movies that, you know, that recently that where I was like, I have Ned, I had never seen Lethal Weapon before uh -huh. um, and, and a few others. And so I, you know, I went to those and it didn't make me feel good. You know, it was roughly the same feeling watching somebody really? get shot. I was like, I don't love that. You know, yeah. Lethal weapon goes a little hard, though. I mean, it, it does feel a little more realistic than like, you know, true lies or something. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Anything with uh, Mel Gibson in it's a little hard. Mm -hmm. 
okay, we got two more calls, and then we'll be all caught up finally. Wow. Hey, fellas. This is Dino Burhans from Richmond, Virginia. Got a couple questions. Um, right, this one's for Bryce. Bryce. Um, That's me. You, I'm curious about your relationship with, uh, in the Mormon church and why you decided to leave. Um, just curious. I, uh, I did, I lived in Utah for five years, uh, mostly in Moab, but I did a stint in Salt Lake City and I was single at the time. And so I was doing some tendering and, uh, I started going on some really weird days where, uh, you know, there was some, not a lot of commitment to one thing, but total commitment to another. So, you know, wouldn't, uh, you know, the first date would want to sleep over on the first date, but, you know, no hanky-panky, but some stuff. And then I learned about soaking and docking, which I never participated in. But it'd be really fun if you could explain to the audience what soaking and docking is. Um, eventually left Utah, uh, beautiful state, but, uh, yeah, curious about um, learning more about why you decided to leave. Then I got a question for, for David. David, um, I would love to hear uh, if you can offer us an update on uh, how things are going with your transition. Mm. Um, just really curious how it's, how it's going for you and um, just want to send you love and support. But uh, that'd be cool to hear how that's going. So, um, all right, guys, uh, keep it going. Love you. Uh, I'll, I'll answer first. My, I, you know, I, it's weird. I did, I did the transition and then I've been detransitioning for a while now. So thanks for asking. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. This is the first time hearing of it. I know. Well, it's been, you know, it's, everything's not everyone's business all the time, you know? Okay. So, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, it's fortunately for me, I didn't make any, you know, uh, rash decisions. Um, and all my, um, all, all my unit is still intact. So mm-hmm. we're, uh, okay. you know, but who's to say that I won't, you know, come on, you know, it's an, it's a fluid thing. So but Bryce, what about you in the Mormon church? Let's get uh, about docking here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've probably talked about it in the past episode, but like the, the Cliff's notes version, which I don't know if is a timely reference or not. Does Cliff Notes exist anymore? The Spark Notes AI version. Is, Anybody here um, ever soaked or docked? Anybody been docked? <laughs> what is that fucking? What is docking? I know what soaking is. Is, do- uh, I had to is look docking, up docking the process of? No, docking, according to the Urban Dictionary, is a very intimate and intense sexual act performed by two uncircumcised men. Oh, one yeah. guy, okay. One guy pulls his foreskin back and holds it while. Guy two stretches his open and outward as far as possible over the shaft of one guy of guy one's penis. So it's like, yeah, I mean, don't knock it till you try it. I, I guess. was on a podcast today, kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, soaking is supposedly uh, the act of. Two Mormon kids, usually in BYU, uh, apparently, where um, you just put in, you just put it in, but you don't move. You just sit there with it inserted, and that 
put what in? Your penis into a vagina. Mm. And you just sit there and you don't move or else that's considered sex and that's evil. But isn't the process of this movement? Okay, here's the thing. As an observer, it's wild how many, how this has spread and people believe it. And like members, like young members of the church, like even say they do it on social media or have heard that it was done. Are you calling them a liar? They're all liars. No one, no one has ever or will do this. Like it, like as someone from from the church and like understands the culture of BYU and and the church, like it's not a culture of like figuring out loopholes. Like the leadership has closed the loopholes. We leave that to the Catholics. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely like no one has ever done that. No one has ever done that. I did that this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Is it like the, is it like the, um, well, the, the extension, the extension of it is. Wait, so this I want to hear this where it gets question. wild. Hang on, I want to hear. Your Hold question. on, before before we get there, like it's extended past soaking, and now the the is jumping on you know, the true theory is you get a a friend to jump on the bed, oops, to, and I think oops, they have a word oops, for that. Oops, oops, oops. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, this just oh, yeah. feels like the litter box thing. Like the litter boxes at the school. Like right. that yeah. is not happening. That's not happening. Wait. You ever heard about that? The litter boxes at the school? Like Mm-mm. Yeah, they the 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 idea that well now since we've accepted trans kids into school and like are bending over backwards around identity, the people that identify of cat as cats you know, we have to legally provide a litter box for them. And everyone says, like, I heard the state over there was a school that added a litter box. There's no it's never, ever happened. It's not. And it's crazy that people. Well, listen, with it. my girls, you could use a litter box in the classroom. So trust me on that. <laughs> um, it's just like the latest, you, you know, freak out thing. Uh, no. Yeah. I find soaking, it offensive. Soaking is not a real thing. Like anyone, there's no Mormon that would think like, yeah, this this passes muster. Like, Have you I heard won't of get in soaking this. before this, Jordan, or is this a new thing? No, absolutely not. You had not. <laughs> I oh, hadn't. Wow. wow. We're, um, we're sitting over here thinking everybody just knows all about soaking. Like in terms of talking about Mormons on social media, it's like um, soaking has replaced uh, polygamy in the zeitgeist of talking about Mormons. Like, I'm a used little used to be conf- like, I don't know anything about Mormons except that they used to be, or that they're polygamous and have multiple wives. Now it's like I don't know anything about Mormons, but I heard about soaking, and that's crazy. I'm a, um, I'm a little confused as to how this guy said soaking and docking in the same sentence. Like he's like, you know, a lot of hanging out with Mormons. This soaking stuff, and I'm like, mm-hmm. and then he's like docking, and I'm like, what? And then I learn what docking is, and it's like, that's not Mormon. <laughs> is that just a Salt Lake City thing, or was there a scene over there? Jesus. Um. Fucking. Yeah. Anyways, the, the short version of me leaving the church is like I got tired. I just of didn't. I didn't believe anymore, and it kept going on the path of. Didn't believe what. Um, 
I mean, I don't want to go into it. Uh, it's it's too too long of a story. But I mean, I just lost my belief. Like all the foundational things around like. I mean, the thing that more the the Mormon Church does is they have a very consistent structure around, like if you believe in this, then that means this is true, and then this is true, and then this is true. Like, so if you have something that you actually believe on, you can latch onto it and kind of accept things that you have doubts about, or at least that's like what they encourage you to do. Um, and a lot of those things like kind of fall apart when you really dig into, you know the reality of it uh, but also just like seeing policies hurt people that i like and um have them just double down on the super conservative stuff uh and like not really adjusting to yeah i mean i learned here's here's the two things that really affected my my uh perspective was like number one just learning about dynamics of uh conservative cultures like i i had some hr classes and and um in my mba program that really talked about like here are like the different dynamics of of different cultures and how they play out and one of them was like yeah if you're in a super conservative culture they're lagging on you know social progress and stuff eventually they get there but they lag on it because i mean it's in the name they want to conserve the status quo basically and I was seeing that in the church. It's like, oh, obviously they've changed over time. And then, um, uh, but they say like, oh, this has always been the way. Or like, it's being led by by God, all these changes. And we're just waiting until we get the go ahead. But it always seems to be in line with where the culture is going, just as a lagging indicator. Um, and then just reading 1984 and being like, oh, this is this is my life. This is like exactly how this works is like how you change. I mean, it's just about gaslighting. You change history and then you rewrite history and say, Oh, it was never that way. Like, even though like I remember exactly what I was taught when I was a kid and how it's changed over time. And they're like, no, we never taught that. I'm like, okay, so I'm out. Uh, there, I mean, it was, it was, a. I didn't take it lightly. I, I, uh, it took a long time and I stayed longer than I thought I would have, to be honest in retrospect. Um, but yeah, it's not for me. And he calls back and, and has some more. Let's hear more from, uh, from, uh, Dino bear. Hey guys, it's Dino bear hand again from Richmond, Virginia. I uh, was listening to, re-listening to the Exorcist episode from way back. Um, I, I grew up not, you know, knowing about this movie, but I don't know what got into me, but I, I uh, watched it and then immediately uh, watched the uh, the true sequel, Exorcist 3, a.k.a. Legion, and um, got just so, so enthralled by this story, um, specifically Exorcist 3, Legion, um, the the atmosphere in that movie is it's so wonderful. It's like a film noir, and the kind, and the detective Kinderman played by George C. Scott. It's I just can't think I can't get it out of my head. It's so it's so like histrionic and and uh, some might say it's like overacting, but I just thought it was just so so fantastic. Um, I then it was going deeper into my obsession with the story. I ended up reading The Exorcist. Uh, which was very, very close 
a very, very close adaptation. Um, you know, the, uh, the movie was a close adaptation of the book. Um, it was fantastic. I would say my only gripe, and it really wasn't explained in the book, is um, is when Reagan is, you know, starting. She's, you know, she's obviously playing with that Ouija board, um, and that's where, you know, Pazuzu comes through or reaches her. But uh, I just, I, uh, I'm not really satisfied with, like, how Pazuzu comes from the Middle East all the way to, to Washington, D.C. And then, um, yeah, so, but otherwise, um, I'm reading Legion right now, and uh, it's just wonderful. So um, I, I wonder if you guys have seen Exorcist 3 or Legion. All right. Take it easy. Bye. Yeah, I didn't even know it had the subtitle of Legion. Um, yeah, Exorcist 3 is fantastic. I rewatched it a couple of years ago, and... It's a different movie than The Exorcist, but very, very well made. And, and like, um, yeah, it's more, like you said, like more of a film noir, like a detective movie. Um, and just a real good good direction to go with it. Um, I still haven't seen Heretic, The Exorcist 2. I hear that's pretty wild and, like, just a weird... Uh, like almost sci-fi non sequitur see like with, i kind of want to watch those you know just yeah. i kind of do want to watch two and three because it feels like it would just be bonkers you know yeah everything else i mean three is not bonkers three is a really good movie it stands as like one of the coolest scenes in terms of a jump scare of any movie uh any horror movie ever um and then there's there's a couple like prequels um, I think there's at least two prequels. One was written by um, the original author and one wasn't, and they f- were horrible. I think I've seen both, and I don't remember anything about them. I think they were super boring. Um, I also read The Exorcist, the book, um, and yeah, it is very close, and it's... it's uh, um, I think the only thing different between the book and the movie is... is um, I think the mom's character is a little is very different from the book like in in terms of like her characterization um in the book is a little more flighty a little more um vain um and and just in general less fleshed out than the movie like Ellen Burstyn brings so much to that role in that movie it's it, it just made me appreciate her even more um Jordan, have you read The Exorcist or, or Legion? No, I haven't, but I think I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm not going to... I'm. Gonna, I want to see the third one. <laughs> have you seen the second one? I haven't. I don't think so. I was just yeah, looking them up. I know. I saw, I saw the preview of the remake, and it looks awful. <laughs> <laughs> it looks really bad. I'm, I'm a little scared about it. And then they're like, it seems like they're bringing in Ellen Burstyn. Um, they're trying to tie it to the original and bring in Ellen Burstyn. And Ellen Burstyn's like in the preview just look it's, looks like it's the generic remake character of like, oh, I've seen some shit. You don't want to mess with this. And then just doesn't have any actual connective tissue to the character in the original. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a. I'm a little skeptical if that's going to be worth seeing. They both sit in the same realm in my head as the Poltergeist sequels, where I'm like, yeah, I, I think I should watch those. <laughs> you know, I think I should 
watch the Exorcist sequels and the Poltergeist sequels just because, you know. I mean, Poltergeist sequels, I'll, I'll say, like, they're of varying quality and definitely lower quality than the first, but they're they're still really good. Like, in terms of, like, the effects part of it and, like, the like the actual, you know, scary part of it. It's like they got some great, great stuff in those Poltergeist sequels. Um, okay, well, that is that for horror movie. Sure, busted horrors and junkies. Because Christ was saying that we're all... Oh, this is a shitty one. Ah, Bryce. No! <laughs> Cut that out, please. Ah, you little hooah. But all this over some dead hooah. Hey, she was a hooah. Mama's a hooah. Hooah. Fart, uh, please cut out. Please cut out that last bit. Please, or else we're going to get a strike. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, Jordan, for coming on. Hope you had a good time. Um, Thank you very much. This was fun. And yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh go check out our Patreon. Uh go check out all the things if you want to leave a voicemail call 682-253-4468. Until next time, we'll see you on the flip-flop. Good day, sir. Wow, that didn't sound good.